Let's play D and D. friends and welcome to the rule of cool podcast my name is morgan and i'm nathan and today is our spoopy halloween edition Ooh. yeah we're gonna talk about halloween stuff today and incorporating halloween into your campaigns um it's exciting i love halloween it is literally my favorite holiday my favorite time of the year and my favorite season uh you can't see it but those that are on the stream right now can. We're all dressed up. Yeah, our podcast listeners can't tell. Uh, you can check <laughs> us. You can come see these costumes that we are uh, making a little bit of fools of ourselves. Well, probably not Morgan, but me. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll I put look them like on a Discord. badass. You look like a redneck satyr. I still stand by redneck satyr. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, so my costume, uh, for, the, for the podcast listeners, my costume is a tiefling warlock. With the paint, my patron is Joe Exotic, aka the Tiger King. Uh, have a orange skin, my beautiful blonde mullet, camo hat, my beautiful tiefling horns, my my awesome sports glasses, and a uh, tiger printed Hawaiian shirt. And uh, yeah, I'm looking I'm looking pretty interesting to say the least. Yeah, and I am wearing a homemade Sith costume. Made it by hand, except for the gloves, because leather gloves are hard to make. Um, <laughs> I tried, and it didn't work, so I bought a pair off Amazon. Uh, and then did my makeup all fun. And if you're interested in seeing what we wore for this stream, you can go to our Discord, and we will have pictures in there. And you can make fun of us and compliment us all you want there. Yeah, our, uh, our Discord's linked in, like, all our socials and... Uh... We'll make sure that we get some of that posted so that uh, anybody that's listening can uh, join in there. Yeah. So, Halloween. Making spoopy stuff. <laughs> you guys, if you're a podcast listener, you're going to be listening to this a week late. But it is Halloween when we're uh, recording this and when we're live streaming it. And uh, we felt in an extra spoopy mood, so we figured we would uh, talk about spooky themes and uh you know horror and themes and games and uh kind of uh what that looks like how to uh you know kind of set that up and uh, a little bit of how to make that work yeah so a lot of horror stuff is homebrewed um you'll find a few things out there that go along with the spoopy Halloween theme. I eat Curse of Strahd. Like, the that's revamped. the first just, one that comes to mind. Um, but I'd say 95% of Halloween-themed campaigns are homebrewed. Yeah. Um, if you so, uh, jump on, like, the DMs Guild, which is, like, a collection of uh, adventures that people have made and put out for either purchase or for free, and uh, you search for horror or spooky or Halloween or things like that, you're going to find a whole bunch of stuff. And it's not, uh, you know, officially released content from, you know, Watsy or uh, Wizards of the Coast. And, uh, but people homebrew it up and, and post it out there for people. And then, you know, there's also the aspect of just doing it yourself and, you know, making something 
spooky or horror themed, um, you know, has, doesn't have to be directly like the whole thing, but you can have those kind of scary underbeats, you know, maybe if you're having a regular campaign session and you want to, you know, you guys play on Halloween and you want to have just like some spooky undertones for that episode, a little side quest where, you know, they encounter a hag or a vampire coven or something like that. Like there's cool things you can do to kind of like shift your game away from that strict, more fantasy thing and, and add a little bit of, you know, that gothic horror vibe. Yeah. So I have made a Halloween one shot before. Um, I did, I ran it last year with my, with some of my friends. This was before I met Nathan and all the friends I play with regularly now. Um, and it was so much fun to make. Yeah. Like it was so much fun. Um, and I actually used that campaign to make another one shot that wasn't Halloween themed. Like I, I made it Halloween and then I reskinned it to not Halloween and now I'm making it into a full campaign. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's super, I don't want to say easy, but not complicated to make anything horror themed or spoopy related. Um, you could take pretty much whatever you want and make it spoopy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can, you can just be, you know, doing what you would normally be doing in your D and D game. And then spooky stuff starts happening. Right. You know, maybe yeah. they're in a town and they're, you know, been going about doing some political intrigue kind of stuff. And then, the party catches wind of a serial killer in the town, right? There's people getting killed and strung up in the street, and now they've got to investigate, and there's this strange series of, like, occult occurrences that are happening, and, like, boom, this is, like, all of a sudden, this has totally changed the vibe, and it's been a fun little kind of spooky insert. Or you can base your whole thing around that. That's, like, the whole idea is everything's spooky and scary. Yeah. So... The very, very, very first thing, um, and it's something that we bring up a lot, um, is obviously consent, making sure that your players are okay with whatever themes you intend on bringing in. Um, Again, you can use our handy-dandy RPG consent guide um, to kind of make sure that you're going to do horror, you're going to do spoopy, scary things, uh, but you're not going to do anything that will, like, traumatize your players. Yeah. It's it's definitely, like, um, when you're doing something that is going to cross some of the scarier stuff, you don't want it to be something that's actually, like, terrifying and scaring your players. It's, you know, if you want it to be something that you talked about with the players and it's you know, in character, something that's very scary for the character. That's one thing, but you don't want the people at the table to be literally scared of what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, we talked about the consent sheet again, you know, that's something that, you know, you kind of have to look over. Maybe there's your party's all very comfortable with the horror themes and things like that. But one of the players like, really hates bugs like it just you talk about bugs like their skin's gonna crawl and they're gonna end the call or you know walk away from the table 
So, you know, you got to watch out for things like that, that are just like, okay, we can go spooky. I can talk about vampires and like murdering children and like, you know, all these crazy things. But if I bring bugs up, it's going to freak this person out. I got to leave it alone. Yeah. So the other thing is you can make things spoopy without them being, I keep saying spoopy. Be prepared for me to just say spoopy the whole, <laughs> that's, that's the wild for this uh, podcast, so this recording. Things aren't actually spooky. They're just semi spooky. They're more spoopy. Yeah. Um, it's possible to have things spooky, scary, or spoopy. Um, <laughs> and also use humor in the game because like we said in the emotional RP episode, if you want the scary moments to have impact, if you want those like spoopy things to really get to your player characters, then you need to have those brief moments of humor. So like they could be laughing and having a ton of fun and everything's going great. And then bam, spoopy. Like that's going to make, that's going to make the spoopy moment bigger for them i feel like me and morgan spend too much time on tiktok because we've brought it up a few times but it makes you think of that like that tiktok where they're like oh let's see what's behind this door and nope not that one yeah (laughs) like kind of you're just like you know vibing like having fun like things are funny and then you're like boom there's like people are dying and like there's something terrifying over here and like you just saw some creepy stuff happen and then they're like oh okay (laughs) dude Shout out to some of my favorite D&D creators. Like, y'all, y'all are great. Freaking one-shot questers, D&D mom. Uh, there's so many. There's so many, and I can't remember them all. I feel bad. Um, <laughs> y'all are great. I love you. I love watching you. I love interacting with you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's. I just think that's very funny. The like you were talking about adding humor into, um, you know, horror setting and things like that, and like there's there's a lot of different ways to do that. But it's going to be able to like give people. And this is you know we talked about this in the emotional RP episode. I think that like when you talk about running, you know, a strictly like horror game, you know, it's you know it might be one thing if it's like a one shot or a quick one off you know session of your campaign. But if, like, this is very strictly, like, a big part of your game, you have to have those moments where people can take a breath, take a pause, and say, okay, cool. This isn't pushing a line for me. I'm still comfortable. I'm still good with this. Let's move on. Yeah. It's it's totally cool to have those, like, moments where you really scare them. But you have to let them breathe and, like, give some funnies to, like, shake that off. And like I said, once they get the funnies, they shake it off, they giggle a little bit, then, like, you let them relax, and then they're not ready for the next spoop. Yeah. Like. (laughs) I see uh, in the chat here, WIP says, if you want to spoop, you got to do the boop. (laughs) (laughs) Paraphrasing. So if you want your spoop to really scare you, you should throw a boop in between there. I, you didn't, here's the thing. You have to do the whole thing, Nathan. You have to read the whole comment because <laughs> what you said was funny. But when I read it, it was even more funny because it's a rhyme. Yeah. I, I read want, it quickly. <laughs> if you want your spoop to really scare, you should throw a boop in between there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, And there's a lot of different ways to do that, you know. There's, there are 
comes to be this aspect of adding just the like funny, ridiculous thing that's happening. Um, and then there's also like, as a DM, you can really try to like find that line where you can be like, this is so crazy, ridiculous, bad that it's almost funny in itself. Right. And I think that like, this is one of those things that's not as easy to do. And I, you know, I'm not even going to say that like, I'm particularly great at it. It's something that you really have to kind of work for, but if you can kind of thread that needle where people kind of just start laughing because they're like, this is like unreal. (laughs) Why? Like this is happening. Like it it becomes like, it's kind of funny in its own right. And like everyone can kind of bounce off that. But I mean, don't be scared to just throw something ridiculous in there. You know, you've got this like Gothic horror, like, you know, place, like maybe you're playing curse of Strahd and you're in Barovia and like you, you know, they come across like an NPC who's just like, very like sad sack and miserable all the you know why is my life this way and just like gives people like this like you know ridiculousness of like okay like this is very sad like you get the point like he is miserable in his life but like he's got a funny voice and he like is just sad all the time and like you know it's you know can give the like moment of like okay this is funny too and still enjoying it yeah Randy Wright says, sometimes joking Halloween stuff is fun too, especially if your players want something tamer, but Halloween themed, like a Scooby-Doo one shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. I I do want to talk about that. But before we get into that, let's talk about how you can set the tone for spooky things uh, without, before you even think about like making the, campaign spoopy how can you make the ambiance spoopy yeah um so so obviously music right yeah you can add and you can also add in some uh sound effects and things (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) um (laughs) just little sound effects oh that's incredible um yeah (laughs) that sounded like a cat at first was that like a witch scream yeah it's supposed to be a hag oh my god um yeah using music and sound effects these are things you can do at the table and online like it's so easy to even easier online yeah yeah it's so easy to pull shit up on youtube and just be like you want a fucking spooky song? Here's spooky, scary skeletons. Um, <laughs> I almost added that to the soundboard. You, I didn't know if have. it was copyrighted or anything, so I was like, oh. Uh, oh, that's true. I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. Music. You yeah, I think effects. that's like the easiest way to go is just to set some ambiance with that and then adding in the sound effects. If you want to have like, you know, a creepy laugh or something like that. I mean, sure, like as a DM, that's part of kind of your duty of like, doing but you know if you don't have something that you think is going to get the point across like you can't get that evil laugh sound and find a free sound online and especially if it's not going online you're not providing this as content to someone it doesn't matter if it's from a famous movie like you just put something like you're there with your friends just play it out loud and enjoy it yeah and another thing you can use is visuals yeah. so do you have minis or do you have drawings or even 
friggin' ripping Google images. Yeah. Like, well, and you um, can, you know, I think that one of the things that is very interesting, we talked about how there's like a lot of like, you know, kind of horror and Halloween-y one-shots on like DM skills and stuff. If you're, mm-hmm. if you are using something like that, a lot of those include like homebrew monsters that they've like commissioned art for or made art for. And it's very terrifying looking and like show it to them. Like, Hey, you guys see this pop it up in the, you know, discord chat or like, you know, hold it up your camera. Or if you're in person, just like pass a little piece of paper around it for people to see that you print it off. And it's like, Oh dang, that thing is terrifying looking. So I'm like, right. you know, bulbing like fleshy beast right like if you're just describing that it's like okay i get it and then you show them and they're like oh that's terrifying and you know that can be that can be like uh you know very interesting um to have this like these ideas of things that are kind of setting your setting beyond your description because you know, maybe like the horror stuff isn't so much your jam and you want to, um, you know, you may, you may just like need to, um, kind of have those, like, I'm trying to think again, this is like our issue of like words. Right. I think that the thing is, is like when you can get something right of like a spooky, like, you know, valley that's like filled with fog and you can see like a creepy castle in the distance and you're playing your home game. You find, you know, this isn't something you're putting out there as like content for somebody again. Like if you're not, you know, I think that there's, I don't think people should be scared to in their home game, like just find something on Google that looks really cool and be like, yeah, this is what this looks like and show it to people and be like, and everyone's like, Oh wow. Like that really kind of like brings me into it. I think that a lot of people, you know, you talk about people being like a visual learner and things like that you can really bring someone in by showing them things like that. They see these like spooky settings and this creepy castle that's like, you know, casting shadows with like lightning in the background or something. And then you say, you know, at the gates, you see this monster, you pull up an image. It's this creepy, like, you know, amorphous like blob of flesh and it's got like multiple limbs coming out of it and it's crawling through the like gates of this castle right it's like (laughs) oh my god like your description of that was already putting me there and now i've seen this image of this terrifying looking creature boom i'm there i'm trans i'm transported like it's it's very very interesting to like you know think about like in your home game why not do stuff like that you know show off stuff and then Again, if you can, if you do use minis, that's, that can take it even further. If you've got the time and the means to decorate up a battle map with spooky trees and little bits of cobweb and then, you know, have this beautiful painted mini that, you know, if that's something that's in your skill set to paint very cool minis, you know, have this crazy monster that you've painted up special for the one shot or, you know, whatever the case may be bring it out. It can really bring people in, you know, that extra step. Yeah. Speaking of painted minis, um, we have a friend who streams. Uh, he basically paints minis for a living. Um, in Discord and in Twitch, he is Sithamarak. Um, S-U-T-H-A-M-O-R-A-K. Um, check him out. He yeah. does commissions, and his minis are freaking awesome. Super cool looking. Uh, yeah, like 
so cool. Um, I'm definitely going to be commissioning him to do a couple of minis for me. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to him. Um, yeah. If you're in the market for some minis, he paints his minis uh, live stream on Twitch. Um, super cool. Real quick yeah. and random, Morgan. I don't think I actually told you this. I was like randomly like saw him streaming and jumped onto his stream and then I followed uh, and I didn't realize I was still logged in as like the rule of cool podcast. So our podcast <laughs> follows him now. That's fine with me. Yeah, it's fine oh, with yeah. me too, but I just thought it was funny. I don't think I actually told you that he was like, he's like, Oh, is that Morgan? I was like, Oh, it's actually the other co-host. Like I just was still logged in in our, you know, that's podcast Twitch. Um, Very funny. Yeah. Um, Rule of Cool officially endorses Sathamarak, the miniature D&D, D&D miniature painter. That's yeah. words. <laughs> Very cool guy. Um, yeah. So that. Yeah, I think that, you know, going back, we were, we were talking about setting the tone. Um, one of the last things to do, and I've done this in some Halloween one shots that I've run, um, is try to set the room if you're playing in person, which I know uh, in 2020 isn't exactly the best or easiest <laughs> thing to be doing. Um, but, uh, you know, when that's available to you, um, you know, turn the lights down. If you can dim your lights, even cooler. But if you just want to turn off some lights that are around, um, and I don't know, like I've done this, I they were LED candles, but because, um, you know, paper flame yeah. is not always great <laughs> but i had uh these little led candles i set a bunch of them out on our like D D table and you know kind of played D by like candlelight and uh you know kind of that spooky feeling of like flickering candles um and then you get that music going in the background i think i had put out like a couple extra little props you know maybe you get like a couple dollars at the dollar store or you know walmart or wherever you or even amazon you buy those little like uh spider web pulley stuff you can put mm -hmm. some of that out as like you know kind of setting the mood a little bit and it kind of brings like your players into the characters of like the characters are going through something spooky and you're like just what you're seeing like you're looking down at your character sheet and your dice but there's a spooky little bit of cobweb and a skull and there's flickering <laughs> candles like it kind of kind of can bring the like tone and bring everything together and have you kind of having that feeling of like okay like this is kind of a spooky situation. Yeah. And even if you're online, like obviously you can't do as much as you could do in person at the table, but if you're online, you can send a message out to your players and be like, Hey, the only light that you can have for this session is the light from your computer screen. Yeah. Turn all your lights off. Or if you've got uh, red LEDs or something, right? Like, yeah, and, like, as a DM, you can use, like, I have these, and so does Nathan. I do. Um, we have right the same ones. I can't find the remote. <laughs> but you can use these and then change the colors depending on what's going on in the session. I like to keep mine bright white when we're recording because then you can see my face. My room yeah. gets very dark. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's definitely like using those things can just bring your players in just that even if it's not, uh, it can bring your players in even if it's not that full step, just that little baby step in just to have like, okay, like some creepy vibes going on in my real life. And then when you bring in the creepy voices and the 
creepy music starts to play and you do things like this, you can, um, you know, kind of like bring everything forward and like give a little bit of that, uh, feeling to everything. And, uh, you know, that can kind of add to it. Yeah. So moving from setting the tone, um, you can use homebrew fantasy to spoop. Um, <laughs> our notes say spook, but I'm going to say spoop. <laughs> I think it's better or funnier. Uh, I'm a child. So <laughs> you can really use your DM skills to tailor things into spooky themes. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, I made a one shot that was Halloween for some of my friends. And what I did was basically had a premise of, okay, somebody stole something from you and they hid it. You have to go and find it. Um, so the place that they needed to go was in this like haunted mansion. And I used like different aspects from movies like horror or Halloween or spoopy movies to like build things in the campaign. Um, so for example, um, on the door of the house, I had a panel with a bunch of like light boxes, basically. So like you touch one and it turns on, you touch it again and it turns off. And it was like a little matrix that they had to figure out the code to unlock the door. And the, like, symbol that they had to do was the symbol from Blair Witch. And there was, like, a little thing where they could, like, figure it out. It was basically, like, Blair yeah. Witch was written in Infernal above the door, and one of the characters spoke Infernal. So I was like, this is what it says. And then from knowing Blair Witch, they just had to make the little, you know, the sticks symbol. Yeah. symbol. Um, well, and it's like, you know, you could have made a very similar puzzle, more fantasy, but you, you know, you can take something like that and kind of bring it to like a spooky level. Like I said, you could do the exact same thing, but just say it's like a dwarven rune and yeah, you have to unlock it and you've got to form this dwarven rune until it like lines up. Boom. Okay. It's the same, it's the same puzzle. You took something like that and you make it, you know to that spoopy level. You can do the same thing with all kinds of things, monsters and items and things like that. Oh, you know? yeah. Dude, some of my favorites that I made, I made um, the sandworm from Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. And it it was basically just like a reskinned um, purple worm. Yeah. And I had like the... Um, I can't think of the name now. I feel like a failed theater kid. Um, <laughs> the the Venus flytrap from Little Shop. I'm spacing. Yeah. Why can't I think of the name of it? Oh my gosh! I I I am ashamed of myself. Chat, jump in if you remember. Audrey, um, Audrey too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Yeah. So I had an Audrey, and. They have a Venus flytrap monster. Yeah. I forget what the monster is called in D&D. &D. Um, 
but I'm basically just reskinned it to look like Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. Um, yeah. Gremlins from Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> like things like that. Um, and like each room was like themed to a spoopy movie. Um, it was a lot of fun. Well, and I think that, you know, we talk about homebrewing and you don't have to be this amazing homebrew kind of person, right? You know, if you, if you love to DM and you're, you do, you know, you can run your game well and things like that. It doesn't mean that you have to be some amazing, you know, homebrew genius who like creates everything from scratch. Google is your best friend. I'm, I'm yeah, almost positive right now. If you were to look up most, almost anything at this point, you can find stats that are somewhat applicable or somewhat similar to almost anything you want to make. You know, and I think like a good example is like, you know, you can take existing, you know, stats and just apply them to the theme of, you know, what you're talking about. Like Morgan talked about the sandworm, just using a purple worm. I mean, it's, you're basically already there. You just describe it as something different. You know, it's, you don't have to make these big leaps where you're like, okay, I want to make the sandworm. So I need to, you know, do this and this and create this certain, okay, what kind of stats would this thing have? Okay, it would have good decks or strength or whatever. You know, you don't have to do that. You can just take something that's, like I said, basically already made and then create something new with it and just skin it to what you want it to be. And that's really all you need to do to create some pretty good homebrew stuff. You know, you can just take, yeah, okay, you want to create a vampire, right? vampires in D&D, but you want to do something special with it. You want to theme it a certain way. Cool. Describe it that way. And does it have a cool ability? Maybe it's a, you know, there's something interesting. The vampire is a pirate and he's got a, you know, <laughs> of, you know, some kind of special ability that he does. Cool. Make something, make one little feature that he does that's special and homebrewed completely. But you just took basic stats and applied them together. You know, it's, there's, there don't, you don't have to go through these like extensive, you know, homebrewing sessions where you're like planning each aspect of like, okay, it's going to have this. Okay. What kind of weapon would it have? Let me look up how that works. What, you know, don't worry about that kind of stuff. Take, take what you can. And, and, you know, I think this is a kind of thing that leads a lot of DMs to be feeling burnt out in ways of like going into these extensive lengths to try to homebrew things. When you're the DM, like take something that already exists, add a little bit to it if you need, and then skin it that way in your descriptions, in your game. Like, you know, you just tell someone, oh, this is a creepy serial killer. Well, you just <laughs> use like a bandit stats, right? Like, yeah, or there's, if no there's special, like an assassin stat. Yeah, like there's no special, you know, like, okay, I need to have a serial killer stat block. No, just use whatever, and maybe use a magic guy, right? So you use like a, just a mage NPC stat block that you found. Boom. Cool. Ah. Now, okay, and, and then give him a special ability. He has, you know, give, okay, uh, he's he's like a creepy serial killer, right? So he, maybe his stealth needs to be a little bit higher because he's sneaking around murdering people. Cool. Bump that up a little bit. Boom, you're there. That's all you need. Yeah, and chances are, if there's something you're wanting to do, there's a stat block out there for it. Yeah. Um, there's so many people that all they do is homebrew things. Like one of my friends ran a Halloween one shot. Um, 
And he had like a pumpkin king that had crazy stats and legendary actions and legendary resistances and things like that. And I'm sure you can just Google that. Like D&D 5e pumpkin king stats. Yeah. Like things like that, they're out there that you can just grab the stat block and be able to use it. And again, we we were talking about earlier, homebrewing the whole session can be, uh, sorry, cutting back. Homebrewing the whole session can be plenty fun um, and creating everything totally off the top of your head. And I'm not saying anything against doing that because that's amazing and you can really kind of tailor things to what you're looking for. But again, there's resources out there like the DMs Guild and things where you can just go find an adventure and boom, you've got something spooky and you can run it. There's nothing, you know, I I think, you know, me and Morgan talk a lot about homebrew because we homebrew a lot. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with running something that someone else made. And all that DM stuff, it, Guild stuff is homebrew stuff. It's just not made by you. And you can tailor it to your world, place it in your world adjust things, add these NPCs that are, you know, might be involved that are involved in your world. And then boom, you've tailored it to fit and it just plops in. And now cool. This whole adventure is now just happening in the city of my world or, you know, or you can just play it how it is. You know, I think that that's kind of the the interesting part about um, using things that are not even homebrew, you know, uh, of your own is you can just, do whatever you want. The fun the fun thing that I love about Halloween is that you have like two really different sides of the spectrum. You have I want to jump scare my players and I want it to be like role play based and really go for the storytelling aspect of it or it could just literally be a RPG slasher like where it's just combat after combat after combat and the spoopy thing about it is they're fighting Halloween themed like scary creatures zombies Um, and werewolves and vampires I mean boom that's Halloween (laughs) you know and then again like Morgan kind of mentioned she played a game like they fight the pumpkin king at the end right like you can have this pumpkin king be some sort of you know, mage who's been raising these zombies and now the zombies are going out in the town and, you know, they fought the zombies and then, you know, maybe they had to like join sides with like this, like, you know, werewolf clan and like fight with them to like destroy these zombies. And, um, and then you come against this big bad of this pumpkin King and boom, there you go. Let's throw this for a couple seconds here out to, uh, our Twitch chat. Um, have any of you guys played uh, Halloween games? Ran any Halloween one shots or anything like that? Let us know. We can uh, let's see what you guys have to say here. No Halloween here, so tonight will be the first one. Oh, I forgot, guys. Did you know that other countries don't celebrate Halloween? <laughs> yeah, if you're in America, did you know that? I I felt so culturally ignorant when I realized that Australia doesn't do Halloween. Um, and we basically were like. Guess what? <laughs> Matt, you're screwed. You're enjoying Halloween with us. He's like, uh, yeah. okay. You're dressing up. You're playing spoopy games. Uh, you're in it now. You're in it now. Man, I'm sorry, Australia. 
Like, y'all don't do Halloween? That's so sad. Halloween is my literal favorite. Um, Grip it and rip it, boys. Sorry. <laughs> Randy Wright says, not this year, but some friends have been planning some spoopy one-shots that have been cool to hear about. Gonna play the first one tonight. Man, you two are both playing in a Halloween one-shot tonight. I wonder who the DM is for that one-shot. It's more. Could it possibly be your very own Nathan? Yeah, I'm playing in a Halloween one shot. Boom. Our uh Amazing. <clears throat> Morgan has some uh recording to do, so she's gonna miss out on uh, yeah. all of the frights and spooks. Sad. But yeah, we're we're gonna be playing some uh spoopy stuff in a few hours and uh Yeah. Try to scare the hell out of everyone. No. <laughs> no, just kidding, I'm not gonna go too hard. Randy Wright says, I was in a Curse of Strahd campaign for a while, but that wasn't necessarily just for Halloween. Played a gunslinger whose entire family was murdered by Strahd when she entered Barovia. Um, First of all, let me just say I love Strahd. I have not gotten to play it, but I've read a little bit of it, um, which I know ruins it for you, but I never thought I would get to play it. Um, and yeah. I still haven't had the chance to, so I just, you know, read a little bit about it. Not I, like I need to run it now camp- that I got the revamped. Yeah, like, I haven't read, like, campaign details, but I've read, like, lore and things like that. Yeah. Um, sounds like a lot of fun. Well, and I think that, like, as a DM, you know, this is, I don't think that's too bad. I, you know, there's that level of being able to pull yourself out, you know, yeah. and, uh, as long as you, if you, even if you know something, just, you know, you don't play it. I mean, you can play D and D one-on-one, but you don't normally, so you can kind of relinquish your vote on something or your like thoughts on something. If you directly know like something about the adventure, just be like, yeah. hey, like, uh, you guys figure this out. I'm like, I'm just chilling for a second. Cause I might actually know the answer and I'm not going <laughs> to ruin it with metagaming. Yeah, that happened to me one time with a campaign that uh, Mod Matt did. I knew the campaign he was running, um, and I, like, picked spells and things before. I made my character, picked spells before I knew what the campaign was, and I just happened to have, like, the exact spells to absolutely destroy (laughs) main points of the plot. (laughs) And so I stayed quiet until somebody was like, hey, don't you have knock? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Maybe. I do. And they're like, why don't you just knock this door? And I was like, I mean, they said it. They told me to. <laughs> I didn't come up with the idea. They said it. Yeah. And then Matt's so, just screaming. And then Matt was upset. <laughs> Yeah. Because I unlocked a door that should not have been able to be unlocked without doing something else in the campaign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's fine. Everything's fine. Bypassed. Um, bypass. Uh, knock is a great spell, ladies everyone and gents knock. and non-binary friends. Everyone jump on and everyone just, if your character's got spells and they can use knock, I don't know off the top of my head what classes get access to that spell, but use it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, we've, we've been a little bit of uh, chaos and uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> Such a dork. Dude, I, literally just saying chaos, I almost followed it with and bloodshed. I was like, I was like, I'm a huge. Chaos and bloodshed. <laughs> I was like, nope, stop. I will get distracted. Copyright. Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Man, it, it's Halloween. It's a full moon. Things yeah. are getting wild. Today? It's a full moon tonight. I it was last night for some reason. Saturday night, Halloween, and a full moon. Crazy. Wild. Uh, <laughs> spoopy. Well, it, we've got uh, people in the chat here, a.k.a. Mod Matt, who it is not Saturday and it is probably not a full moon for anymore. <laughs> yeah, it is currently Sunday for him. Um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, yeah. Let's look at a shenana story today. Today's shenana story is from Random Person H2O, also known as Ranny Writes on Twitch. I have plenty of crazy stories from a Pathfinder 2nd Edition campaign that I DM'd. My favorite is that our druid, the character is she, her, but the player is he, him, took a random detail I threw in for flavoring a job listing on the job board from a farmer asking for help finding out what was happening to her chickens and pursued it as a little side quest. She dragged the bard, who arrived late, along with her through the slums of this port town to this little shack where this woman and her son basically told them, as I was frantically flipping through the bestiary trying to find a monster that could be eating these chickens, that they had no idea what was doing it, but they were down to a rooster and four hens at this point. The druid decided that she was going to bait the creature by wild shaping into a chicken. She does so and is immediately hit on by the rooster. We all laugh, but then the druid kind of flirts back to the point that she and the rooster are soon headed for the hen house and I fade to black. It's not until after an encounter with a giant constrictor snake that the player specifies that he didn't want his character to have sex with a rooster, that she was just investigating the inside of the hen house for evidence, but it's now a running joke with the group that she slept with the rooster. I plan to eventually get a t-shirt made for him that features a chicken in front of a podium saying, I did not have sexual relations with that rooster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randy! I did Randy not Randy. have sexual relations with that rooster. <laughs> oh oh man. man, that's perfect. I'm gonna help you out with that T-shirt. That would be hilarious. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> My fiance makes shirts. I can do it. Oh man, it's so funny. Yeah, that's that's the kind of chaos that uh, I would strive for. It's, it's very funny that like he's like the player is just like, um, yeah, I did not want to actually do this. And the rest of the party's like, no, you totally did. You did a hundred percent. You totally, <laughs> you banged that rooster. And they're like, uh, no. And it's like, I guess the world will never know. We faded to black. <laughs> Dude. I just, okay. So Rainy writes is here with us in the chat. I just want to know, how did it come to the flirtation between the rooster and the chicken? Like, I get it that they wild shaped into a chicken, but how did it evolve into flirting with the rooster if there was no intention for that to go anywhere? I I think your player is lying to you. 
<laughs> I think they wanted to have that interaction. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't let them lie. They 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 wanted it. They they were going for it. They just don't. Now they feel embarrassed that it happened. They're like, "Dang, I did bang a rooster, and now I have to live with that the rest of my life." <laughs> oh man. Also, I think that it's very funny that it was a, a constrictor snake that you end up being the, the thing they had issue with because uh, that has some uh, sexual connotation also. <laughs> um, just a little bit. Um, you know, man, I, I love chaos. I love when people do things you don't expect. And let me tell you, that is something that I did not expect. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're reading through that story, and it's just like, you're like, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah, flirting. Like, wild shaped into a chicken to bait makes sense. Um, flirts with the chicken. Uh, okay, okay. Flirts, flirts back with the, with the chicken. Oh, yeah, because I think it was the rooster flirted with <laughs> yeah. the, with her. And then it's like, okay, okay, yeah, this is funny. Oh, flirted, she flirts flirted back? back? <laughs> Question mark? Okay. Um, all right. And then uh, they're like going to the hen house. Um, um, did you plan to be bait? Is the bait jail being jail bait? (laughs) 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 Um, Randy Wright says he's typically a really flirtatious person. I think he just didn't want it to go as far as everyone thought. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Uh, the hens even chastised the character for stealing their man. That's hilarious. Well, I think oh it's also gosh. very funny for the player uh, to kind of like backtrack or be like, oh, no, no, I was just investigating into the hen house. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you guys, I feel like the party could have investigated inside the hen house. Like, you could just open the hen, like the chicken's, like, you know, hen house doors and like look around in there. I don't know that you had to be in chicken form with the rooster in flirt mode to uh, do this investigation. Yeah. I. If, if if you, (gasps) if, if that player happens to listen to this show, sorry for making so much fun of you, but we kind of have to. Yeah. You put yourself up for that one. It's, it's not, first of all, you can blame, uh, Randy writes random person H2O for putting that story up about you um we're not making fun of you we're making fun of your character choices <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> sure you're specific great. there um i'm sure you're great you just definitely bang that rooster <laughs> you definitely bang that rooster um yeah yeah we're uh we're we're you know we we love hearing about stories like this if you guys haven't already um I feel like we mentioned this a lot, but join us on Discord. And uh, we have a section on our Discord where you can submit these stories. Um, It's one of our channels called Shenantics. And uh, you can submit stories to us for us to uh, talk about and uh, get a laugh out of on on stream and on the podcast. Because uh, me and Morgan love... You know, shenanigans and uh, craziness in D&D games. And uh, we like hearing about what you guys have been doing in your own games at home. Yeah. Uh, before we head off for the night, we have a couple questions from our Discord server. Random Person H2O, you're getting all the love on this podcast. Uh, 
She asks, what are your favorite spooky monsters to use as a DM? And what are some of the spookiest monsters you fought as players? Hmm. I've never actually fought a spooky monster as a player. Um, as I think most people know, I'm a forever DM. So I've only mm-hmm. played very infrequently. Oh, gosh. I've only played very infrequently. Um, but... Uh, as far as spooky monsters, um, I mean, if you're talking about like the like classic stuff, like I love zombies. I love using zombies, and you can make cool zombies that do more interesting things. Maybe they are bulbous and pestering, and they blow up, you know, poison damage on people. Like, mm-hmm. There's lots of I love zombies. I think zombies are very cool. I just also love zombies. Period. Um, <laughs> outside of D and D, that's just my jam. So. Yeah. That's just how that goes a little bit. I personally, um, the purple worm is just insane. Like, it's it's up there. Um, it's not necessarily spooky, but, like, really deadly. Um, kind of tough to fight. Um, as far as, like, spooky. Spoopy. Spoopy. Um, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, I think, like, the spoopiest thing I've ever used is a purple worm, which are nightmare creatures. Um, spookiest monsters I fought as a player, um, probably the Pumpkin King. He did a lot of damage. He hurt real bad. <laughs> Um, all we were doing was trying to smash some pumpkins in this like Halloween one shot my friend was doing and he like whipped out some thorns and ensnared us and I was a bard <laughs> and so all I could do was like vicious mockery and then bardic inspiration and that's like all I could do. Um, almost died in that fight. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> I definitely almost died in that fight. Um, and also, so many legendary resistances, so many legendary actions. That thing was, oof. I think it was crazy. Um, yeah. And she has another question. Do you try to avoid Halloween cliches when planning spooky one-shots, or do you tend to embrace them? I embrace them. I'm, I'm I, am, big, I embrace them. <laughs> I'm a big dork. I, I love the the dorky, funny stuff. It's fine with me. Uh, you know, like I, I, I'm totally cool with, you know, having a vampire or something, and he's just like, oh, you want to suck your blood? You know, like he can have a funny <laughs> voice. That's terrible in the moment. But, uh, you know, like I, I don't care. I think that's hilarious. And, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know. Also, and, like the shambling zombies. That are just like, uh, uh. <laughs> like <laughs> my zombies totally won't eat your brains. Why the heck not? I mean, like, <laughs> let's just be honest. When the zombies finally come IRL, they're not gonna want brains. But in my D and D game, they can want brains. Right. <laughs> uh, Dreadlord says I haven't fought one, but from the stories I've watched, false Hydra hands down. False hydras sound terrifying. Yeah. Like, I 
What CR even are they? I don't know. Um, Let me look it up real quick. Oh my god, innate spellcasting. Huge aberration, chaotic evil. Armor class 16, hit points 260, or 25d10 plus 125. The false hydra's innate spellcasting ability is charisma. Spell save DC 20. It can innately cast the following spells requiring no components. At will, detect thoughts three times a day, dominate monster. Um, I'm sorry. This thing is horrifying. I'm reading some information on this because I didn't actually know what this was. And uh, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like a whole thing. If the Hydra has three heads, it has three actions on its turn, in addition to moving and bonus actions. That's insane. Also, can we just talk about its stats real quick? Strength is plus five. Dex is plus zero. Con plus five. Intelligence plus five. Wisdom plus four. And Charisma plus seven. Bards would not be able to do anything to this Hydra. <laughs> like. Dude. See, the, the thing I'm reading about this is that basically, like, the false Hydra, like, makes its lair, like, seem as a town. And it, like, populates the town, like, as its heads or something. I don't know how this works. And you like your par players are like interacting with things that don't make sense, and then eventually they find out that like the whole thing is a Hydra. The false Hydra is basically the silence from Doctor Who. If you're a Doctor Who fan. Oh man. Yeah. This 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 is terrifying. Wow. Interesting. I'm going to have to do more research into that because that's very cool. Yeah. On um, Dungeon Master's Guild, uh, DM's Guild, there is a um, PDF that is a pay what you want, which means, you know, it's technically free, but you can pay um, and get it for The False Hydra by Rachel Morgan. And it's a little reference guide for running a false Hydra campaign. Um, that's really cool. That's cool. I might just buy that and look at it. See? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's very cool. I, I, I feel like I don't I need to like research more into it before I have a full understanding of how it all works. Dreadlord says it makes you forget things exist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mess with your players' heads and make them forget their family and dead party members. Oh my gosh. That all right. Well, that's officially the scariest D and D thing I have ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> You have terrified our dreams, Dreadlord. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Let's um, uh, real quick, we talk about this guy a little bit. Let's jump back over to our last question we had for this week from Work in Progress. Uh, they said, uh, how do you integrate holiday themes into an ongoing campaign? I kind of touched on this wow. a little bit earlier, but. Yeah. You really just find the things that you like. Like, I know that today is a spoopy theme, but this goes for every season. If you want to run a Halloween one shot, then you're going to choose spoopy like vampires and werewolves and zombies and spooky things. If you want to run something for Christmas, <laughs> then you can find things that are like um like like zombie elves. Or yeah, I mean, um, guess what? You got to save Christmas. Uh, something yeah. captured Santa. Right, like you could do Valentine's Day, and like Cupid somehow got transformed into a serial killer, and you have to like figure out how to get him back to like making people fall in love instead of just straight up murdering people with his arrows. Or he's like, like he's making instead of making people fall in love, he's making people uh, kill each other. You like shoot somebody and the first person they see they murder. The, okay. We're throwing out a lot of really cool free ideas here. Just so you guys know, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to make that one. I'm not a fan of uh, Valentine's day. So that would be a good one shot for me. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of things. Easter, right? Like the Easter bunny's been laying eggs, and uh, when you eat them, you turn into a creepy were rabbit. Ooh. Right, and now there's people that are like suddenly this whole town are like there's a bunch of people that are were rabbits, and yeah, I mean, there's all kinds. Of, you can do any kind of theme you want. I mean, you do. In, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to think of the next uh, St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day, leprechauns. Um, uh, that's ha- it. That's the whole, that's it. There's plenty that's of the whole campaign. There. Leprechauns. Um, have you seen the movies? <laughs> have you seen any of the movies? That's terrifying. I hate it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, there's, there's all kinds of stuff there. You can, you can definitely do some really interesting and uh cool thing for any holiday. And, and you know what this kind of question circling back to is touching on is like integrating it into your campaigns. Right. Um, I talked about earlier, the idea of like it just being a little bit of a side quest, right? You know, if you're going to play a game on Halloween and you just, every, you know, you're doing your own thing, people are doing their campaign stuff. And then we, uh, you can kind of, uh, you can, you can just integrate something like that into, um, into your game, right? Okay. Like I talked about earlier, they're in the town doing their own like stuff in a town and all of a sudden something creepy starts happening and they've got to deal with it. Boom. There's your Halloween episode, you know, session. You know, I, I refer to, I, I think as a DM, I think of like sessions as like episodes, like kind of bringing them all all together neatly and tightly. Um, so I call it episodes a lot. But yeah, that's like the idea of like, boom, this whole thing happens and something spooky happens or, you know, you <laughs> hear about something for another holiday and you can kind of just tie that right into your own campaign. And, you know, I think if you can set those expectations with your players a little bit too, like, you know, just tell them like, Hey, we're going to, you know, things are, you know, nothing bad's going to happen from this. We're going to like kind of spin a little bit of interesting story into the main campaign. I don't think that that's a, you know, kind of too much to say it, to tell your players and let them behind the screen to say, Hey, we're going to, you know, it's Halloween. 
we're going to play our main game. It's going to be all our players, but we're going to just kind of, you know, you'll see as it gets unveiled, but there's going to be some Halloween themes tonight. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. That's the end of our questions. And, uh, we talked, talked plenty, a lot about, um, you know, all the spoopy stuff. So, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Yeah. Um, long story short, guys, theming campaigns is super fun and it's super easy. The tools are out there for you to use. You just have to Google it. Um, honest to God, like just search it and it's probably out there. And if it isn't, then do it yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, that pretty much wraps this up. If go ahead and uh, everybody follow us on our socials. Uh, I want to give a special request out to everybody. If you listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, please uh, leave a start review and review uh, under the podcast. That really helps us out. Um, and then uh, one last thing, if uh, you guys can tell somebody about the podcast. If, you, if you're listening in and uh, you've got friends that like D&D or someone else that's in your D&D game, um, go ahead and just tell them about it. See if they'd be interested in listening because uh, we want to yeah. continue to grow. And... Uh, we do that with your guys' support. So we really appreciate all the support we've already gotten from you guys because we've been growing like crazy in just these short couple months here, really. This is episode eight. We've been going for two months now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's truly insane. <laughs> it um, is insane. But I, oh. we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do this without the support of all, all of you guys. And, uh, yeah, so if you can... Like I said, just, uh, you know, spread the word. Tell somebody this week that uh, they should check out the Rule of Gold podcast because we'd love to have them uh, listening in and, and learning more and more about D&D stuff. Yeah. But until next time. This has been the Roll of Cool Podcast. Thank you all for joining. The first to get the DM to say they hate you. Let's play D&D. And that one guy that the DM knows that nobody else really likes. Let's play D&D, our favorite RPG. The one where we can burn a town and have no real consequences.